Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And today I have the great honor to have back with me again, Kathleen Sherrick. And in our first interview, if you did not hear that, please go back to last week and listen to that because it's fascinating. I got so engrossed in it that I almost missed my cutoff time for the for the first interview, so we're gonna do the second one. And just a quick reminder of who Kathleen is. Kathleen Sherrick is an award-winning educator, author, and sacred parenting coach. She mentors pregnant and new parents, grandparents, and child professionals who care for young children in the first seven years of life. For more than 30 years, Kathleen has studied neuroscience, child development, energy psychology, vibrational health, quantum physics, and world religions. She has been a top international consultant to Fortune 200 companies, is a former university associate dean, and has advised the Walton and Gates Foundations about innovation in education. She is a co-founder of a Montessori-based school that has served thousands of families. She is a founding board trustee of several foundations, Welcome back, Kathleen. Hi, Nada. Nice to be back with you. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm telling you, thank you. It is my honor. And I will pay attention to where we're at so we don't have to have an abrupt crash landing at the end. But I'm just fascinated with this. And I have spoke with you before. It's been a year, but I have spoke with you before. And it's just, I'm just fascinated. Um, so I would love to pick up where we left off. You were talking about one of your clients who's um, she was in a hurry to get out the door, frantic hurry to get out the door. Her little one was on the floor, had poured out a, bo a um, box of cereal. And, and that was the question, like, so how would we naturally uh, respond to that? And how this mother responded to that and, and, and how it's just kind of a game changer in this child's life. And so for all, I don't want to do the whole details again. So go back to that first uh, episode and listen to that because it's phenomenal. And that, I think, Kathleen, if parents just knew that, how to have that response when it just feels like they're completely in that horizontal energy to be in that vertical energy in the moment that you see that thing that your child is doing that you wish they weren't doing in that moment because you're in a hurry and you have your stuff you got to do. And it's the most blessed and sacred moment. I mean, my heart is just melting in that story of this little boy building a beaver dam with cereal on the floor. Yes, yes. And so the really the uh, it becomes a point of consciousness for us, right? It becomes a point of consciousness that do we see misbehavior or do we see the child for something they're trying to say to us, for something they're trying to uh, deliver, for something they're trying to, for who they're trying to be. And we cut them off because of our, because of our, um, our inertia of the outside world or because of our, our to-do list that we have to get done that day or because of business priorities or, or because we're just, um, you know, um, 
have an have an axe to grind, or we're just out of alignment ourselves. So mm-hmm. our the question is, when we see th- our children doing things, especially in these early years, you know, once they've once they've learned a little bit more about how the world works and things like that, there can be clear misbehavior, you know, age nine, ten, eleven, things like that, and then we can then we know how to redirect it and all. In these early years. There are some times there can be misbehavior, but we have to really be aware and conscious of, is this something that my child is trying to tell me, or is this something that has to be corrected? And too often, we jump to the correction. We already assume that we know where this is going. Oh, this is going to be a big mess. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be late for my meeting. And had that mom done something, done what we would all be inclined to do is, oh, my gosh, son, what are you doing? Instead of, what are you doing? And and her and her son actually feeling she was interested in what yeah. he's doing, and yeah. that, to have that information then twenty years later still hold up that that child showed the spatial intelligence that he could take from a three D picture of a beaver hut and um, make it three dimensional. That this is pretty, it's pretty transformative in terms of um, a through line. For this child, that this is something that the mother was able to see, and able then to use as different activities would come up for the child throughout life. Um, this child became an expert in like Rubik cube, um, mm-hmm. um, building Rubik cube, not not Rubik cube. That's not it. Uh, Rube Goldberg, Rube Goldberg m- machines. Do you know what that is? I don't <laughs> this is where that. this is where you create a, a whole um, complicated contraption to do a simple activity, like to um, uh, to ring a bell. Here, a ball goes down a, a tube, and then it hits a. You understand what I'm saying? It hits something. Yeah. And in any case, yeah. that's Rube Goldberg, and that's also an indication of spatial intelligence because it's an engineering feat to put these things together, to be able to um, see in three dimensions what you want to create from two. So it's just it's one, um, but a powerful example of an aha that can change your life if you are open to it. As a parent, mm-hmm. as an aunt, as an uncle, as as a grandparent, as a teacher in a classroom, how often do teachers get stressed by the demands outside of the classroom? Right. And uh, and are pressed to have things done. So. These, these early years of life, children, um, they really don't know how to be other than who they are. Right. So it's really our responsibility mm-hmm. to, to meet them there. Yes. I'm going to have to go back and do some deep thinking on the things that I was doing when I was young. <laughs> because <laughs> I grew up in a very typical household where kids were to be seen and not heard. And, you know, you don't, if, if there was company that came in, you could be in the living room, but you were to, you were not, nobody should know that you are there. You should just be uh-huh. fairly invisible. And it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing what we do to our children and culturally how we pass that down. Because if I wouldn't meet people like you and have had my own experiences in life that showed me that, oh my gosh, I could have raised my kids completely differently then I, we just tend to do the, the same thing. But at the same time, I don't think our culture is allowing for that anymore. I think we're just at such, the worldwide, I think we're just at such a place where it's where we need to look at how we're doing everything so much 
differently. And that's why your work is just so important and so imperative. The timing on it is just phenomenal. So Kathleen, I wanted, I wanted, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Yep. I was going to say that, uh, that it can be parenting, grandparenting. It can be an aunt. It can be a neighbor child. It can be a child that is, is um, selling lemonade on the corner and we stop and we interact for three or four minutes. There, every little interaction that we have, when we have energetic alignment ourselves, when we understand uh, um, the entrainment of energy, when we understand uh, children who may not be seen for who they are and how they could use just a glimpse, then it's every child that we encounter. I've had experiences in airports where children uh, run up to me. And it's, you know, when we can see children for who they are, they know it. They know it. So it doesn't have to be our own all the time. Right. Right. We can still have impact. Yeah, absolutely. The child in the grocery store. I mean, where are you not going to run across a child? Absolutely. You can have a a huge impact on their life. And and just that one person could could be a big game changer in their life that gives them a little bit of kindness or acknowledges them for being, you know, an entrepreneur selling the ice cream, the uh, lemonade or whatever it is that they happen to be doing and, and really solidify that inside for them. Yeah. Well, this is what I I really believe here that children need four things to be successful in the world. And number one, to be loved and valued, loved and valued. Number two, to be seen for who they uniquely are, not for who we want them to be or who we were not, but who Mm -hmm. they uniquely are. Number three, they're here to fulfill their own divine purpose on the planet. Mm -hmm. And number four, those of us who are supporting them, have a role in them fulfilling their divine purpose on the planet. And so that really is, if we can uh, keep in mind those simple four things that even a baby before they're born has a purpose here on the planet, even that four-year-old who looks like they're, you know, running around on the playground without a care in the world, they have a purpose on the planet already. And uh, it, it may not just be one purpose. That's a whole nother discussion, but that they already are have, have callings that are pulling them. And uh, we tend to, as you mentioned, it's, so, it's such a t- traditional approach to um, think that children really don't have thoughts until they're older or teens or, or um, that there's nothing going on in there until they can maybe talk or maybe form sentences or maybe, um, you know, until they're age 8 or 10 or something, when in fact children come to us already whole. They come already intact, and they unfold before us. And that's a it's a whole different um, way of seeing. And when you can realize that, um, it is um, you have to be careful about not beating yourself up. I mean, Nate, I was a single working mom, three children under the age of five, and I know Mm. very very well the stress. Uh, that happens um, with parents and with young children and all. I, I'm just, um, you know, intimately familiar with it, unfortunately. Uh, but it is a, it's a part of the journey. And one of the lessons that I've learned as a, as a uh, businesswoman at a fairly high level with executives is, you know, we have this saying that it's not what happens in life, but it's how you handle it. Well, it's, it is one of the A number one lessons that I actually – advised corporate executives around in relationship to their customers. 
when customers have an issue and uh, with your service or product, it is not that they have an issue that affects their loyalty. It's how you handle it, how you handle their their issue, how you handle it with them. It's a lesson for, for us in life. How we handle our children, how we handle our stress is what makes the difference. It's not the situation itself. It's how we handle it. Right. Absolutely. You know, loyalty is actually higher. But just one, one little note of business-wise, uh, a business tip. Loyalty is higher when customers have a problem and they've been handled well by an organization. Loyalty is almost can be 20 to 40 points higher than if they never had a problem in the first place. Right. I mean, that's the research that I did with companies. It's true. So there are, you know, there are a couple of companies that would create little problems so that they'd have an opportunity to excel in handling the issue. But that's a whole, that's a different discussion. But the lesson is really that um, how we handle things is what matters. So the more we can be in that vertical alignment we talked about um, last week, the, um, the better we are able to show up as who we really are so the child can be themselves because they know when we're being inauthentic, especially in these early years. You know, oftentimes right. if they're crying, they're, they may not be crying. <laughs> they may be crying because we're out of alignment. <laughs> so, oh, it, it, I never even oh. thought of that. Well, they, they have biological things, of course, but uh, certainly if we bring our own stress home, and we go right into making dinner, and now we're putting all that stress energy into the dinner we're making, and now we sit down at the table and we eat with them, but we're, you know, let's eat and let's go. We've got somewhere else to be. Um, even in early ages, there's all, you know, so many activities for young children. Um, that, that stressful energy, again, through research with the HeartMath Institute and others, is directly palpable. Children not only feel it, they become it. So, uh, you know, the whole notion of um, entrainment is an energetic, uh, an energetic concept that we know um, that we can see biologically. I don't know if you had roommates uh, ever, like in college or anything, but it's, you know, it's a known fact that women who live together often menstruate at the same time. Right. And uh, uh, it, that is, that's an entrainment. It's an entrainment of energies. And it's that similar concept with the um, uh, eight feet around us that we can emotionally affect others depending on where we are emotionally. Right. You know, so many years ago, Candace Pert, who uh, uh, Dr. Candace Pert wrote a book called Molecules of Emotion, that right. our emotions are actually located in our cells of our body. So how do, why would we think children would not know that? <laughs> they, of course they know it and they mm. feel it. Their senses are on high alert. And uh, when, when we can cultivate our own senses uh, to uh, be more discerning of that subtlety, th that, those are the nuances that really honor our children and develop these deep relationships that, that connect with with their purpose and ours here too. Right. And even when you said just cooking dinner, because for me, I had a, an experience of this where there was a woman who is kind of a mediocre cook. There's not anything special about, about what she makes, but the food that she makes, she sings over it and she blesses the food as she's cooking. 
and singing. And that food, it doesn't matter macaroni and cheese. There is a taste in that food. And when you were saying that palpable energy, and I was trying to think, wait a second, you know, I mean, it's even when you walk into the house and you're shoving those emotions down from whatever happened at work, you can't, right? Because that energy, it's going to radiate out and actually it's probably going to radiate out, radiate out even a little bit further because now it's a pressure cooker because you push those yeah. emotions down and you're trying to fake your way through it. And, and those little ones are just wise beyond anything that we can, we can imagine as adults because they do, they pick up on all of that, that energy that it, they're being presented with. And it's just natural for them to, to know that, to know yeah. how a person is feeling i love that i love that singing over the food it really is it's a a beautiful visual it's a beautiful really a beautiful metaphor for how to how to ideally kind of go about life now we know there's ideal and then there's you know how it can really happen but if we keep the ideal in mind it's so much easier to get there it's so much easier to get there and children don't have to think about you know what kind of energy mom or dad is in in these early early years they just, um, you know, th- their their energy bodies are permeable. They just absorb it. You know, there is yeah. such a thing as children being sponges. And um, it's not only sponges like mentally or with brain development, it's sponges energetically. And that's what we have to be aware of is that we are energetic beings. We literally are the atoms of our body. And when we have emotions that have shown to be carried in the atoms of our body, that being aware and conscious of this helps us to bring to the to the best of our ability, um, bring our best selves to our children. Absolutely, yeah. And when we can't, we need the tools, right? Right, right Nada, you you help people do that. When we can't, when we can't bring our best, we need tools to shed or work through or get to the other side of. Um, those blockages and those hindrances that uh, are in our way of our own resolution of our own psychology. Right, right. And even when you just said that that there is an ideal, there's an ideal way to do this, and then there's the way that we tend to fall back and, and <laughs> just to do it from yeah. how we've done it in the past. But just knowing that there is an ideal, I think if people just know that, and it's not Beaver Cleaver, well, I don't remember Beaver Cleaver's mom's name, but it's not Mrs. Beaver Cleaver, but it, it's just <laughs> an idea that I can do it so much better. I can do this. I can show up in the moment so much better. And if I just know that there is an ideal that I can strive for, I'm already on that road. I've already set those molecules into motion instead of Absolutely. just being angry that, oh, you know, like... God, there's just so much stress in my world and this is so hard. Then that's all we bring into our world is much more of that stress and, oh, it's so hard and the constriction. And But just knowing, there's an, even if I'm not living into that at this moment, I know that there's an ideal and I know that there's a, a better way that I can do that. And, and I'm now in motion and I don't think a whole lot of people understand that, that it just sounds like it's, that it's talk, but it's not. It's rearranging the molecules that make up this entire Absolutely. universe. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We are what we think. And and in this scenario as well, when you when there are young children involved, you can involve the child in helping you stay aligned. And mm. you know, I had uh, <clears throat> my own personal experience uh, was so stressful at times that I just said to my children 
you can help mommy stay kind. You can help mommy stay kind. And this is how about if you hear something from mommy or mommy does something that uh, upsets you or that hurts you, you can say, mommy, shake it off. I mean, we made it a game. Mommy, shake it off. And then we jump around like jumping beans. And it's impossible to stay in a bad mood when you're jumping around like a jumping bean. It's impossible. So everyone ends up giggling and falling on the floor. And and the energy, it's what I call a pattern interrupt. It interrupts the energetic pattern of that stress or anger or upsetness. And it just just switches it to joy, to upliftment to an entirely different place. And, you know, Taylor Swift, the popular songwriter now uh, for the last year or so, has had a song named Shake It Off. And my my own kids, who are now young adults, called me and said, Mom, Taylor Taylor took your your slogan. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Because they still remember, you know, um, when Mommy's upset or if Mommy says something you don't like, you say, shake it off, Mommy, and then we would jump and shake. And uh, there are other ways to do pattern interrupt, but you can involve your child is what I'm saying. And if you can bring um, a playfulness to it and give your child permission to bring that playfulness to it, then when they do it, you've got to respond, of course. Like if you're like cranky and I don't want to jump, I don't want to jump like a jumping being right now, for goodness sake, but you've got to do it. Uh, when they say that, then it makes it real and they know that they can help bring about um, this joyful state of being in their own environment. Right. And what a gift to give to the children because then they start understanding and realizing that they have an impact on other people's lives in such a simple way of I I can help this person change from this bad mood into a happier mood just by supporting them. Yes. Yeah. I think that's powerful. I don't know if they thought about supporting, you know, they they're too young to kind of think of it in in those terms, at least in these early years, but they do, they do realize that they have a certain, um, uh, they have a certain role that they're honored, that they have some authority, that they have some credibility in helping mommy change her mood. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And powerful. <laughs> you tend to let them know when they've done something wrong, and so now, now they can see for themselves that they are doing something that's very powerful, and not knowing the words of, or, or even understanding the whole thing of I'm supporting and and that I can do other good in the world because of this lesson that's been taught to me, but I believe that gets ingrained and they understand that on a different level as they get older because it became part of their life. Oh, Kathleen, we are out of time again. I cannot believe this. So would you be willing at some other time because I have about, oh, I don't know, 10 other questions that I have written. No, I would love to ask you. I'd love to. I enjoy talking about, uh, of course, the energetics of parenting, the energetics of the young child and the sacredness of this time. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll make time for, for you, Nada. This is a, it's, a, it's an important and a fun conversation. So thank you so much for having me. I look forward to connecting with your listeners as well. Yes, yes, for sure. And can you tell us that what is the easiest way for the listeners to get in touch with you? And this will be in the show notes. So if anybody is driving and you miss this information, no problem. It will all be in the show notes. Uh, uh, KathleenSherrick.com would be the best way. And 
there would be information there about how to connect with me. And there are, uh, periodically I offer um, open consults, uh, so that could be one way to connect as well. But that would be the, the best location. Thank you for asking, Nada. Absolutely, yes. And Kathleen Sherrick, she spells her last name S-C-H-E-R-E-K. And again, that right. will be S, S is in Sam. Yeah, Kathleen and then S is in Sam. C-H-E-R-E-K.com. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. It's been such a, uh, a pleasure and a privilege. And I look forward to being back with you again, Kathleen. Thank you so much. Let's do it again. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And to all of the listeners, thank you. Have a wonderful week. I know that you um, you have gleaned so much information from this. So we will continue this conversation. God bless all of you. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.